0: welcome everyone to another episode of the roman show this is for the week of december 13th 2020 we're wrapping up 2020 which has been a very well you know <laughs> it's been one of those years that we'll live on uh, to speak and tell our children about and what we went through and what they experienced um it's one for the books there's, there's no doubt about that but either way we're excited here uh next week will be our last show before we go in a little break here and we're gonna welcome Kwame Alexander. He's the author of *Becoming Muhammad Ali*. It's a great novel, inspiring children and, hell, even adults, especially during all these crazy times that we're living in. It's a book you need to pick up. He tells us as far how he spent time in areas where Ali trained, spoke to to friends and family members. All inspiring. This book, *Becoming Muhammad Ali*, uh, which looks back before uh ali became who he is today uh, an icon a legend that until this day we still speak so in just a bit we're gonna welcome in Kwame. that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on the roman show
1: step down to the get down all right whenever you're ready you're ready five seconds to the open, to the open. watch that little gimbal we don't want you coming off in space go. Go. retro
0: go fight go fly go 5. 5. Surgeon. Go. Go. We're go flight. GNC. We're going. Down here. Go. Control. Go. Danger.
1: Go. 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 F-A-O. We are go. Network. Go. Govern. Go. 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 We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. The Roman, the Roman show. show. With your host, Rodolfo.
0: Okay, everyone, thanks again for joining us Another week. The Roman Show, Kwame Alexander, author, a co-author of Becoming Muhammad Ali, will be joining in just a few minutes. i um, wait here as like, I take a sip of my coffee, Training this thing here on a Sunday afternoon, taking advantage, just uh, a little quiet. But hey, I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman. Getting excited here for another episode. And looking forward to you enjoying this interview with Kwame, uh, who joined us all the way from London to talk about this book. So I gotta thank him for adjusting his time. But listen, right before we kick into gear, I'd like to give a very special thanks to good friends at Fusion CBD. Visit them at fusioncbdproducts.com. I've been using this stuff for quite some time now. I have a lot of aches and pains, and I have found myself using it for recovery, and it has made a world of a difference. You can visit fusioncbdproducts.com to purchase your favorite tool, whether it be the capsules, whether it be the, um, the drops, whatever it is, coffee. They have everything uh, available for you at a very affordable price. It's fusioncbdproducts.com. Rocketbook, you've heard me talk about Rocketbook. You know, if you have children in school or hell, if you just take notes, it, it, it could really get expensive purchasing all these notebooks. So, Rocketbook is a book that, well, it's recyclable. You write your notes, you take a picture of it, and you save it on your phone or laptop or smartphone or, or, or iPad, whatever the hell you have. Uh, and it's a great thing because you could keep reusing it. And you can send us a text, you can send us an email. It's a really cool thing a rocket book check them out all you have to do is just you download their app when you get the the uh, the the book itself and it works wonders I use it myself I don't use any more paper anymore it's it's pointless uh, and hell you're you're saving the environment so get yourself a rocket book it makes a great gift for the holiday season boys I know you'll be having some uh, some ladies uh, and women too um, that you'll be taking right for the holidays well you got to make sure you trim your balls or your area down there. And you got to get yourself a Manscaped. Head on over right now to Manscaped.com and purchase your lawnmower. Manscaped.com. And while you're at it, get yourself a bottle of Ball Wash. Ball Wash keeps your balls, jewels, your genital area smelling real fresh. And lastly, you hear me talk about it all the time. Soul Right. P-S-O hyphen right. R-I-T-E. This thing saved my back. Oh, such an easy instrument. Very easy to use. You lay back on it and your back just feels like amazing. Head on over to soulright.com to purchase your right as we speak. Okay, let's kick into gear as we welcome Kwame in just a little bit here. Um, by the way, quite amazing stuff what's happening with Kenny Omega and uh, AEW as we speak a little bit of pro wrestling. He made his... Uh, debut on impact this weekend uh or that actually last week and also at the pay-per-view last uh, the new year's resolution and he had a one-on-one with carl anderson if you remember uh kenny omega was part of the bullet club where also carl anderson and Doc gallows were a part of it it was quite cool to see both of these guys come in, uh, come together on TV. Um, considering they came from, from... Or they made their names, for that matter, in Japan with the Bullet Club. And what we are seeing with Kenny Omega is... We are seeing that Kenny Omega from New Japan. That cocky, that outspoken. But of course, now with a little help with Dan Callis. Dan Callis is, is, is just superb, the guy's in point, and not only was he on um, pay-per-view, on impact, but at the same time, he competed in Triple, ma- triple Mania, Triple Mania, in, uh, for Triple A, over in Mexico, where he defeated Loretto Kidd for the heavyweight championship there, Kenny Omega, once again defeated, and, and, and you have to admit, this is great stuff, I'll tell you why. It's very simple. You are getting exposure. I know WWE likes to keep everything um, within their constraints, but let's face it, if if you have a Roman Reigns go to New Japan, whatever, that whole sharing of talent brings exposure to your company and vice versa. It's a win-win for everyone. It's it's a great idea. I don't know why they tried to, although Triple H said that they were for business, but not really sold on it. We're seeing it with Impact. Impact was trending on Tuesday after Kenny Omega debuted on TNA Impact, which, mind you, whatever he said on Impact, he said basically the same thing the next night on AEW Dynamite. Same crap. But people tuned in. People tuned in, so it just goes to show you how much of an impact it does have if you intertwine. You you, you you, hell, if you remember when when WCW and WWE when when McMahon bought WCW and on one side you had Shane and on the other side you had a uh, uh, McMahon on the USA Network, there was crazy the 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 ratings, amazing stuff. Hopefully, let's cross our fingers that in. 2021 although 2020 was a disaster we get to see some sort of a crossover because i think it's a win-win for all of us again i won't be surprised that if aew starts picking up some steam we will um, potentially see them and there's been talk that they're going to have a new show or an extra show added to the program and i won't be surprised if that show takes on one of the wwe premiere shows whether it be a smackdown or a raw and right now i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's gonna be raw because the writing on raw the the whole episodes lately have just been baloney and if AEW comes in strong with some good writing some good talent it'll give a run for their money Switching gears, WrestleMania, of course, we, we got Royal Rumble next next month in January. And uh, we still have TOC coming up later this, uh, actually next weekend. But rumors are already flaring that it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. If you remember, both of these guys were supposed to meet this year WrestleMania, but Roman Reigns ended up pulling out because of the whole pandemic. So Roman Reigns, who stated, hey, he has a number on, uh, on, on Reigns because that match never happened. That is a match that might potentially occur this year. Another one is the three-way between Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, and Brock Lesnar. Although Brock Lesnar is a free agent, I hear that the money that he's asking for is quite a lot. And Randy versus Edge, once again. Now, I, I I don't, this three, having three big guys in a match at WrestleMania between McIntyre Lee and Lesnar, I think it's just a little bit too much, a little bit too much. I understand that Lesnar sells, I get that, but the point of the matter is, it's just too much. Not sure how you guys feel about it, but would you like to see a three-way dance between these gigantic animals inside a WWE ring? I'll be honest, no. I don't think that the match... I'm not, I am not. know Drew McIntyre and, and Lee could put on a hell of a show, although McMahon called out Lee saying that he needs to improve a little bit on his uh, wrestling skills, but I... Plead the fifth. I think that he does not have to do anything. He's he's excellent. Keith Lee is is, is is a great freaking talent. Um but but the point is it's just too much weight, too much heaviness. And and we've seen in past what happens when you get uh, behemoths going at a it one on one. It's just not that the most exciting match, it's very slow and I'm not a big fan. I'm sorry. I wouldn't mind a Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar, though. And I'll tell you why. Number one, they already have some sort of like a a little Easter egg in WrestleMania last year when they both made a face-to-face. But Keith Lee can move like a cat. He's a big dude. He can move like a cat. And working with Lesnar will make it easier. And then Lesnar and, and Rue, we already saw. I don't think I want to see a rematch of that. But I see why would you would do the three way. Makes sense. Are you looking forward to any of those potential matches next year at WrestleMania? Shoot me an email, info at theromanshow.com, the or a tweet at the Roman Show. We're also on uh, Instagram at Roman Show Media and on Facebook as well with the same name handle. And NXT has gone on and said that now they're expanding the brand to India and soon to come Asia, where in Asia will include Japan, China, Singapore, and many other countries. And that's just a matter of time. As we know, Japan is a feeding ground for top talent. So I have no idea why they aren't jumping this already, but we just have to be patient, to say the least. Hey, Kwame Alexander, who is part of the uh, Miami Book Fair, this year, it was virtual. And he had an opportunity to speak uh, about his book, Becoming Muhammad Ali. An inspiring book during these times that we are living in. But nonetheless, a very nice book to read to your children, to, help to yourself. To get an inspiration on how this legend became Muhammad Ali. So coming up next, Kwame Alexander joining us all the way from London to talk about his book. Welcome back everyone to The Roman Show and all the way from London, uh, we have author uh, Juan Alexander. His new book Becoming Muhammad Ali is available now. It's a great book, inspiring. Uh, at a perfect time, too, with the current circumstances that the world is facing. Uh, but it's for children and uh, even for adults, you might get an inspiration, of course, about the great legendary boxer, Mr. Muhammad Ali. Uh, and uh, Kwam, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. Really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So, so Kwam, tell me about this book. You've written, of course, many others, but what was the inspiration behind this one? Um, were you a, a big Muhammad Ali fan or did you box? Uh, what was the whole um, motivation behind the book?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was a huge Muhammad Ali fan as a kid. And I was also a pretty avid reader. And probably around middle school, my father started giving me these books to read that I wasn't interested in. Many of them were historical texts and even some of his Ph.D. dissertations. So around age 11, I just wasn't interested in books. And I happened to be in my garage one day, and I discovered a book called The Greatest, The Autobiography of Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't put it down. I read it. It was 400 pages. And it was just unputdownable. And I loved it. And it really sort of reinvigorated me and got me excited about reading again um, to, to to delve into the story of this cocky, beautiful, rhythmic, athletic, smart, funny man who became the heavyweight champion of the world, and, and ultimately, eventually, you know, an, an activist and, and a great human being. So, so that was really my major introduction to Ali. It was through his autobiography.
0: Uh, but you never boxed or, or, or any sort of a combat sport?
1: No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I never boxed. I, my, the only sport, you know, my dad played basketball uh-huh. and, uh, I tried to play, but I wasn't that great. So my sport became tennis. Huh. Okay. Um, the closest I've ever come to boxing was, 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 uh, in a, in, in a gym and doing exercise in uh-huh. and, 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 uh kickboxing and that kind of thing. But no, I'm I'm just a fan, man. Kwame (laughs) is a
0: fan. So how long have you been working on this book? Because it just seems very, it almost seems like it just, it was a perfect fit when the book was released because of the current tensions that the world is living in today. Uh, But how long was the process to put this book together? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, the the tensions
1: are not so current in the sense that we've been dealing with these kind of social injustices as black people in America, you know, since we were kidnapped and brought here. Mm -hmm. So, um, but in terms of when we started working on this book, James Patterson called me in December of 2018 and said, Kwame, you know, we should do this book together. And, uh, and so we started on it in earnest in the spring of 2019. And, you know, again, Muhammad ali was 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 a, a big proponent of social justice and and, uh, and freedom for, for for black people but for oppressed peoples around the world. And it just so happened that the book came out at a time where the boiling point um, of racism you know reached a critical high in this country. And I think that you know, young people in particular. Can learn a lot about perseverance and resilience and standing up for one, what matters through this book because that's what Ali, as a kid, had to face.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. He definitely did, and uh, you know, it's funny you say about the the, the poetry and the, and and the work that Muhammad Ali uh, with his words. I, I think I read somewhere that they called him the 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 first rapper. <laughs> you know what I mean? because of the, the stuff that he wrote and the way that he put it out there. Uh, and if you go back, you know, rap or hip hop, for that matter, there, there was a message for, for African-Americans back then to to, to motivate themselves. Um, and Muhammad Ali was at the forefront of that, of course. Now, tell me about working with Mr. Patterson. You said he called you. What was the relationship between you and him and putting this book together?
1: Yeah, we had met a couple times at a book festival in Palm Beach. Mm. And and then we hadn't talked in, in about a year, and he called me out the blue and said that he, the, the Muhammad Ali estate, uh, Muhammad Ali's widow, Lani Ali, they had contacted him about doing a book on Ali mm. about Muhammad Ali's childhood. And he wanted to do it, and he, he wanted to do it with me. He knew about my relationship with... Um, Muhammad Ali's autobiography and how it had changed my reading life and 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 he wanted us to work on the project together. So so we did. And it was a really incredible experience in the sense that he's a master storyteller. Like he knows how to plot a novel. And I think the outline that he wrote for this novel was about thirty pages. And and once he did the outline, you know, it was sort of like a round robin, a tag team. Mm -hmm. I would I would write and then I'd send what I wrote to him. He would write, send it back to me. And we just went back and forth like that. And I want to say it took us about, you know, eight months or so to really get the story, you know, complete. Um, but before we started writing, there was a great deal of research that, that was involved. Uh, we both read a lot about Ali. Um, we read a lot about uh, Cassius Clay, which was Muhammad Ali's mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. as a child before he changed it um, in his 20s. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time in Louisville at the house where he was born, where he where he was raised on Grand Avenue. Um, I, I interviewed uh, some people that he knew. I got to listen to oral history tapes of of his best friends growing up. So there's a lot of research that was involved.
0: Wow! So you actually had to go. You, you and of course, you know, it's always good to get that visual, that vision of where Ali trained and and his whereabouts uh growing up. So did you manage to, to visit it no longer exists here, but the five the fifth five street fifth street gym. Um of course the original one does not exist but uh it moved <laughs> it moved. Uh but did you able to get to see one of the some of his training grounds where he trained as well and, and speak to uh maybe a trainer that the trained trained him back then to still around?
1: Yeah I did man I uh I went to the Columbia Street Uh, Jim, where he first discovered or encountered boxing, where he first began training as a 12 year old, which is on the campus of Spalding, uh, university in, in downtown Louisville. So I went to that building and kind of walked around just to kind of get a feel for it. I went to Chickasaw park, which was the park in the black neighborhood that he lived in, in the West end of Louisville where he used to run, where he used to mm-hmm. run around the park, train, and wow. wear, wear garbage bags, you know, to sort of like, you know, to, to help his endurance and, and, and to sweat off his body fat. Mm-hmm. So I ran the park. I wanted to get a feel for that. I got a chance to talk to one of his managers. I spent some time with him, with Bernie Human in Las Vegas, who, Bernie Human was like a 15-year-old kid who met Ali when he was training in Miami. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to meet Bernie and talk to him. So yeah, I got to really immerse myself in his life to really help come up, figure out what his voice was going to be and, and to really help tell this story.
0: Oh, that is really cool. So uh, as, as a parent um, myself, you know, I, I look forward to, to, to reading some of these, these passages to my children uh, as a form of, of motivation and history. You know? But what do you think in general uh, the public will, will obtain from this book?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that you can be super confident, almost arrogant and still be kind and humble and gentle and 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 compassionate. And that's what he was. That you don't necessarily have to make the best grades in school and sometimes you don't for whatever reason, but that doesn't mean you're not smart. I think one of the things we try to do with this book is to show that Muhammad Ali at one point, before he became the greatest, one of the greatest human beings to ever walk this planet, an icon, an activist, champion, he was an ordinary kid mm-hmm. who didn't do that great in school, who got jilted by girls, he had a crush, um, to, who had friends, who played in the streets with his buddies, who just was a regular kid. you know. And I wanted to show, we wanted to show young people that you can be ordinary and regular and still strive to be extraordinary.
0: Now, of course, Mohammed Ali has many, many stories. Will there be a follow-up?
1: I don't know if there will be a follow-up to this book, um, but there are some other people I'd like to write about their childhoods. I think it'd be interesting for us to, to really be able to, to know about some of these famous people in our, in our history. What were their lives like as kids? I think that makes them more accessible for us. It makes it more real. Um, and makes it more attainable for us. So I think there'll be some other stories, perhaps.
0: Well, I mean, I want to thank you for your time. And again, Vikami uh, Ali, Mohammed Ali is available right now for your purchase. Uh, of course, you're part of the uh, Miami Book Fair, um, which is uh, uh, well-renowned. Um, how, how has that been working? Because this year, of course, with coronavirus, it's no longer in, in person, which, not the greatest thing it has to be virtual from now on but how has that virtual experience been um speaking about the book and and taking some questions from the the public
1: virtually on the the one hand you don't get to see your friends at the miami book fair i don't get to see lissette and mitch and edwidge Mm -hmm. and, and all my peeps down there and i love coming to the miami book fair um but on the other hand when you're online when you're virtual you get to reach more people Right. You know you we reach a lot more people so maybe there's a silver lining here and I just try to you know I'm I don't have to travel as much. I can walk my kid to school and still do two or three events a day Whereas in the past I had to travel I had to tour so I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm enjoying this virtual Touring and, and I'm certainly uh, gonna enjoy the Miami Book Festival online.
0: Well, hopefully next year Well, we'll hopefully we're at a different point next time around uh, or yeah. the year after, when, when and are you working on other other projects that you can let us give uh, yeah, yeah, us a sneak yeah, I'm peek? Yeah,
1: I'm working on a TV series based on my novel, The Crossover. Um, I'm working on a movie based on my novel, Solo. I got some other books in the works. I'm always busy.
0: Well, good for you, Kwame. Appreciate that and your work. And again, thanks so much for your time. And Becoming Hamid Ali is available right now. And uh, pick it up uh, online or uh, at your local bookstore i uh, help out those folks, of course, that they, they're also in need as well. Thank you so much for your time, Kwame. Appreciate it. Thank you, Roman. Thanks, Kwame, for your time and speaking to us on The Roman Show. Again, make sure you pick up the book, Bukami Muhammad Ali. You can also purchase it on your Kindle uh, or, or, or tablet. Or just book up the book. Just I, I myself like to pick it myself. I have a copy. And uh, I like to physically read it to my daughter. And quite, quite uh, a moment for us. Okay. Let's talk some Mixed Mart. Watching, you, know, you know, Chris Cornell's state released an album of Cornell covering several songs from uh, John Lennon and uh, Prince. And the uh, album is called No One Sings Like You Anymore. And, and that is absolutely right. Because chris cornell just had a beautiful voice beautiful sound and he covered such classics get do yourself a favor if, if you're a, a fan of music of rock chris cornell just flips these songs and and just change the course in them and, and they're just quite beautiful get yourself the opportunity to to, to hear that music and um varsity who we had here not too long ago they dropped their uh ep cloud city check that out good stuff uh uh, quite the difference of a take the singer he sings (laughs) he it's almost as an r&b singer heavy metal but it works well it works quite nicely uh, so get your get your uh, get yourself uh, a chance there to listen in, tune in. Grab yourself a little a little jack, a little tequila. Sit back, relax, and listen to Varsity. Uh, you're going to be quite amazed how good uh, of a talent these guys are. In this past weekend, of course, we saw a UFC pay per view, which took place. The Highlight there, the main event was for the flyweight championship, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno, and uh, by far this is a potential fight of the year. Already, Dana White has said that this will be an immediate rematch. That's how good it was. And it was a back-and-forth fight. There's no doubt about that. When everyone thought that Davidson Figueredo pretty much had the flyweight division under wraps, it's not quite the same. We're going to see an immediate rematch very, very soon between these two. Now, the topic here, in my opinion, that, that... Is on everyone's mind. What happened to Tony Ferguson? He lost to Charles Oliveira by decision. But what is next for him? Dana White said that, hey, I don't know what's next for him. I really thought that we were going to get the old school Tony, that vibrant, energetic, um, ruthless type of a fighter, and we did not get that. We got a different Tony Ferguson, a Ferguson that lost. He's 37 years old. Not to say that he's old because I'm around that age. But... Uh, fighting wise, as you know, it's just not quite the same. You're not in your prime anymore. Sad, because Tony Ferguson is a very exciting fighter, and it seems that after that loss against Justin he just kind of flipped around. So, what would be next? Well, Justin did lose to Habib. I wouldn't put them as a, as a to Tony to, to potentially the winner. Obviously, getting a shot at Habib or whomever the champion is, I don't think he's at that level. But maybe down the line, if Justin were to lose again, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between these two. But I, I, I'm not. I'm curious to see Tony needs to get a fight to kind of get his um, self under wraps and get himself back into action. But he needs a win, and he needs a win very, very quickly. There's no doubt about that. To get his confidence back. Speaking of fight cards, speaking of fights, Titan FC will wrap up 2020. With a very exciting fight card. December 17th. That is this Thursday live on UFC Fight Pass. Can't get, wait there to get on uh, on UFC Fight Pass. And announce Christian in Industria will be uh, in action. And also a uh, holiday gift for everyone. Kayla Harrison. That's right. Kayla Harrison. The two-time Olympic Judo uh, champion. Or Olympic gold medalist in, in Judo will be uh, part of the action along with uh, Bruno Assis, uh, who um, is an exciting fighter from Brazil, and many, many others. Uh, also, Ryan Cuse, another exciting one, young talent, will be all part of Titan FC, airing this Thursday, December 17, live from Miami, Florida. I can't wait. And then after December the 19th, the UFC will put on their final fight card of the year, and I have to tell you, it's a very nice one. Thank you, Dana, for putting that stuff together, because if you read the card, you're going to be quite amazed uh, and even ask yourself, "How the hell is this thing on free TV uh, because it's it's a really nice fight card uh coming up this coming weekend. and I just want to reiter- reiterate revisit real quickly the uh matchup we got for uh Thursday. Bruno Assis vs. Jeremy Holloway. Jazzette Cotton vs. Uh, Kayla Harrison. Juan Puerta vs. Joe Piñafiel. Ryan Hughes vs. Harrison Melendez. Michael Cora vs. Delano Taylor. Denzel Freeman vs. Terrence Hodge. And John Arsh versus Royberth Echevarria. All in action this coming Thursday. And on the nineteenth, as I said, UFC Fight Night on ESPN Plus. Steven Thompson versus Jeff Neal is the main event, and then followed by the co-main, Josie Alder versus Marlon Vera. That is going to be a freaking good fight. Uh, Michael Pereira versus KS Williams. Rob Font versus Marlon Moraes, one of my favorites. Greg Hardy versus Marcin Taibura. and Alex Morano. Versus Anthony Pettis. This is a really nice, exciting fight card coming up on um, this Saturday to wrap up 2020. And with that said, we'll catch you next week right here on The Roman Show. Hope you tune in this Thursday on UFC Fight Pass, and we'll be back next week. Final episode of the year. If you haven't been on, you haven't heard. Catch you very soon, everyone. <laughs>